Welcome to Cup of Cubby Blue, your off-season home for Cubs news upstate, updates and banter. We're the official podcast of Bleed Cubby Blue, which is part of the SB Nation family of team sites. And you can find us on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts by searching for Bleed Cubby Blue. You can also find us at bleedcubbyblue.com. And we blast every episode and related content from our Twitter at Cup of Cubby Blue. I'm Sarah Sanchez. I write about baseball at Bleed Cubby Blue and baseball prospectus. Hi, guys. I'm Andy Cruz Vanasek, and I'm going to talk in an uplifting manner so that my pessimism doesn't show through. <laughs> so you're not feeling great. <laughs> I mean, is anybody? Because I could really use some uplifting, vibrant news. If anybody is feeling good about this offseason, please find me, share it with me. I need it. Yeah, I don't really see a lot on the timeline in terms of vibrant, uplifting news. <laughs> I know. Well, so let's just jump into some of the news. Um, Steve Ciszek, who was a great reliever for the Cubs for the last two seasons, he pitched 134.1 innings and had an ERA of 2.18 in 2018, an ERA of 2.94 in 2019, uh, he, he was, his contract was up, so this isn't like a trade or anything, but he is going to the South side. He's going to be a white sock. I was actually a little surprised by this deal. $6 million, um, for one year of Steve Ciszek with an option for a second year at $6 million just seems steep to me, given the number of, uh, innings on his arm and his, his numbers were very lucky the last two years. I feel like he was helped by some pretty good Cubs defense behind him. Andy, what do you think about Steve Ciszek going to the south side? Well, I don't know if anybody else in Cubs land is getting tired of hearing about the Chicago White Sox, but (laughs) I definitely am. And I don't want to get one of Sarah's We Are Not a White Sox podcast, so I'm going to try to refrain from saying that team name too often. I don't know. You You can, like... We don't have anything to talk about with the Cubs. Talk about the White Sox. There's a team in Chicago signing people. Let's talk about them. Right. My goodness. How that must feel for them. Because I don't know. (laughs) Okay. So I'm going to actually confess two White Sox things right now. The first is that I go to a handful of White Sox games every year. Not nearly as many as the Cubs. Enough that I got a phone call from a White Sox rep last year trying to get me to like buy group packages and stuff because I'm on their radar as someone that shows up often enough that they think I should do that. Um, And the second is that they have really good giveaways on the South side. And so I've already they've already released their promotional schedule. (laughs) And like early in April or at the end of March or sometime where baseball shouldn't be played in Chicago, but baseball is going to be played in Chicago. They're giving away a White Sox puffy vest, and I'm fairly certain that I'll be able to get it for like $12. So I'm probably <laughs> going to White wear Sox that? puffy vest day. <laughs> I want to know when you're going to wear that. When I go to White Sox games, okay. which is like six times a year. <laughs> okay. I mean, for 12 bucks, I guess you're getting your money's worth. So They, they also, and Andy, <laughs> you would love this, every Cinco de Mayo – the White Sox do a Los White Sox jersey giveaway. Yes. And, and I have two of them because I've gone last year and the year before, and I'm definitely going again this year. So the Los White I, Sox jersey is incredible. It's a soccer jersey. And they always have like mariachi bands and they've got the um, elotes and everything. It's great. Like I, I like going to games on the South side. I will say, and you know, like when you see – 
I don't know, like on TV when there's like, you know, somebody's in therapy and they say, say one nice thing about your enemy. (laughs) I will say that the White Sox do know how to represent the Hispanics. There is a large contingent of Hispanic fans um, for the White Sox. I mean, there's a lot of teams like that, but I feel like on the South side, I have more Hispanic cousins that are White Sox fans than that are Cubs fans, surprisingly, but um, they do know how to do that and they represent them well. And I know they do a lot there and they have a lot of in-game stuff too. So I will say that is, that is a big plus in my book being that I am a Latina. So I do appreciate that, but that's about where it ends. <laughs> I don't know. I appre- So I appreciate their food. There are tacos and tamales and elotes on the, on the South side. I appreciate, okay, this is the last great thing I'm going to say about the White Sox. This is not a White Sox podcast. This is you still a Cubs people podcast. People are throwing up right now listening to this. They're it's okay. Up, Look, Sarah. people, the Cubs aren't doing anything. We have to talk about something. Um, in center field, or or it was in center field last year. I'm sure it'll, I, it might move this year. Who knows? Anyway, there's a Modelo stand. And the Modelo stand uh, on the south side has limes and salt at the beer stand which is exactly how you were supposed to drink a beer. And I appreciate that the White Sox get me on that because I cannot find salt at Wrigley Field for my beer to save my life. I have to like bring it in myself in my purse. That, that, is, that is also a good plus. I will give you that. Yes, <laughs> Lime is how you drink a beer where I grew up too. So yes, that is, that is good. I'll give them that. But listen to me for the love of God. <laughs> this is going to be a scary summer if South Side is better than the North Side. And I don't know that that's even that far-fetched of an, of an if. Like, I feel like that could be happening before our very eyes. All the while, we have people like Ricketts and Theo sitting on their hands or trying to figure out how they get their checkbook straight before we can actually improve what's happening with the Chicago Cubs. I know the Chris Bryant thing is something we'll talk about. You know, the grievance is something we'll talk about, I'm sure, eventually, if not now. Um, but that's got to be figured out before we can do anything. It's just, to me, it's it's really painful. I like Steve Ciszek. I really do. He was a good pitcher for us. He definitely benefited from some good defense. Um, he definitely, you know, there was moments that I would say I was uneasy with him. You know, those, those days, those podcasts, when I would say, you know, he's a two for one, his arm and then him, (laughs) because it was like removed from his body from being used so much. Um, You know, and there was some, there was some times here and there and towards the end of the season where they'd give him a little bit longer in between um, outings, because you could just tell there was a lot of wear and tear there. So, you know, I hope they get the good Steve Ciszek, because I I really think they're going to be something the White Sox are. And, you know, if if the Cubs aren't going to do anything in Chicago, then somebody needs to. And the White Sox are, they are not waiting for anybody. They're just going ahead and getting what they need and, and, you know, no holds barred there, which good for them, but, um, and good luck to Steve Ciszek. But I mean, if this is not a wake up call to, to the Chicago Cubs to like, we need to get on this. I mean, I don't want to wait for the next one. You know, next it's going to be the Cardinals and the Brewers. And then we're really screwed. Well, we're, we'll talk about that in a second. I, I agree with you. And I really want to highlight something that you said here, which is that Steve Ciszek has a lot of miles on his arm for a reliever. In 2018, he threw 70 plus innings for 
the only time in his career. I mean, the only, I, I mean, that is a huge amount of work. And then he threw 64 innings in 2019, which is right up there. Look, he's been durable. He's a side armor. So people say that he's got some more durability. There's as much strain on his, on his shoulder as some other pitchers. But if I were the White Sox, I would be a little bit nervous about this just because his peripherals have been trending the wrong direction. He really, really overperformed his FIP and XFIP this last year. And for those of you who are not like Sabre nerds, basically those are stats that tell you uh, what a pitcher would do without the fielding behind him, right? So it gives you an idea of like how much he's benefiting from the defense and the park that he plays in, those types of things. His his, uh, ERA in 2019 like I said, was 2.95. Sorry, I said 2.94 earlier. I just pulled it up again. It's 2.95. Um, his FIP was 4.54. His XFIP, which is park effect uh, bracketed, was 4.95. That is some like recipe for disaster territory. So good luck to the White Sox. I wish him all the best. I think C-Sheck is awesome. I want nothing but good things for him. I think $6 million a year for two years, two years, one year with a club option is way too high. Yeah, that's definitely a very high number. And I kind of, I, I usually have my notebook and pen next to me. However, my room is going through an overhaul. So all I have is clothes around me right now. And typically when you start giving me numbers, I write them down so I can go back to it. But I do not remember hearing you say, I'm sure you did, $6 million. That's That's, that's a big number for Steve Ciszek. Um and, and again, somebody that I, I was surprised at the end of this season that his arm was still fully attached to his body. So, <laughs> I mean, we'll see how that works out for him. I feel like they're spending a, a boatload of money this offseason. And, you know, they very well, they have the talent. We'll see if they have the wins to, to, to show it. So, Right. Uh, in other 2019 Cubs news, um, Nicholas Castellanos is still unsigned as we are recording this. I literally just got an alert that the Rangers had made a signing, but it was not Nicholas Castellanos. Um, but oh my god! But seriously, I got it on my um, I got it on my watch, <laughs> and I all I saw was Rangers, and I I thought I was going to puke for a second. I'm like, okay, this can't be happening while I'm recording because I swear to God, I will cry on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, uh, if if Nicholas Castellanos signs with the Rangers while Andy and I are recording, there will be tears, <laughs> but that has not happened yet. Nicholas Castellanos is still unsigned. There's still a chance. Um, but the, the strongest rumor at the moment appears to be Castellanos to the Rangers. I It makes me sad. Andy, I, this offense without Nicholas Castellanos in it, oh, my God. My eyeballs without his unbuttoned jersey and his gold necklace. The necklace. Like, that open jersey look is so – it's great. I, love I it. did not like it until him. I hated that look <laughs> until him. Nicholas Cassianos, you have ruined me for all future right fielders. I, oh my gosh, I don't know what I do. Honestly, I don't know what I do. I, yeah, I don't know. I'm being so dramatic right now, but for good reason, people, it's Nicholas Cassianos. So we're still holding out hope that we'll see Nicholas Cassianos <laughs> in a couple of weeks at CubsCon. Theo. <gasps> oh gosh, don't even say that. <laughs> But I didn't even think about that. Seems really unlikely. Um, 
It seems really unlikely. I'm, I'm going to move on to the other big rumor of the week, which is this piece that um, came out from David Kaplan on how the Cubs haven't really done anything this offseason. And I believe the exact quote, I'm going to try to get it, is that the, the price for Chris Bryant is a quote-unquote joke and the price for Wilson Contreras is quote-unquote obscene. And I, look... <laughs> I am on the, those prices should be high train. They should be ridiculously high. The Cubs don't need to trade either one of them. They are both potentially franchise players. If the Cubs move them, they should get a haul that is so epic that all of us go, eh, that made sense. And if they don't get that haul before spring training starts, it's fine, people. Because the Cubs get to go to spring training and start the season with the core that they have. And look, I'm not saying that core is going get to get you to the playoffs. But the price for those two will be so much higher in June and July than it is right now when teams are desperate and need help at the trade deadline. So I'm kind of all for them sitting this out until they get exactly what they want in return for some of their superstars. What do you think? Can you even imagine what would happen to this fan base if they didn't do that? Can you even imagine? I mean, it would just be an all-out revolt. I think, so from what I understand, I did not read the story um, by David Kaplan. But however, I did hear mu- multiple people talking about it on different podcasts and things that I listened to about um, that they've, there was a couple people that felt like it was kind of a setup to kind of drive the price down um, because I don't think that his sources were named. Right. I think it was, no, they weren't. Um, yeah, some, some high level executive baseball executives executive. from other teams who right. say the price right. is obscene. Yeah. Right. And I know, listen, I'm, I have followed David Kaplan for a very long time. I've met him a couple of times. He's a very nice guy. He has a ton of people like all over the place. He has people all over in all different sports that he talks to. So it does not, I would never question anything like that, whether or not that's accurate or whether or not that was something done to quote unquote, drive down the price. I just, I don't think that's it. And I don't think that something that a story like that would actually work in doing that because the talent that you're looking at on the Chicago Cubs roster that is rumored to be um, trade bait is not, it's not everyday talent. I mean, Chris Bryant, Wilson Contreras, these are guys that you better get a boatload for, period. Otherwise, you're going to make a trade and you're going to have 29 other GMs laughing at you about how you just got took because everybody knows how talented these guys are. There's nothing that should be said by anybody that should make you want to drive down the price. That's just dumb. Look at the alternative. So what, you start opening day with the talent on the field? Okay. Okay, uh, that's a fine that's alternative. Awful. Yeah, this exactly. is the piece I'm working on for Bleed Cubby Blue right now. And I was like, because I was thinking about it, I was like, what would happen if the Cubs just started the season where they are right now? And look, people, like, I get it. It would not be great, particularly the bullpen, kind of shaky. I'm not entirely sure about Alec Mills slash Adbert Alzale slash whatever, whoever as the fifth starter. But is it terrible? Is it absolutely disastrous? to start a, a season 
where you've got Wilson Contreras, Anthony Rizzo, Javier Baez, Kyle Schwarber, Chris Bryant, rejuvenated I can hit now Jason Hayward, Nico Horner for a full season. Like, this is a bad. This is a good team. That is a team that a lot of people would be jealous for. And you should not sell on two members of that team who are, look, Chris Bryant is a rookie of the year and a former MVP. And Wilson Contreras have, has an MVP season in him. Like, I don't know if he'll ever actually win an MVP award, but he's certainly that caliber of player. One of the stats that shocked me, not shocked me, but that I thought was great when I was doing the 12 days of Cubs mess for Bleed Cubby Blue is that Wilson Contreras had 24 home runs this season. He had more home runs than 15 of the teams in the league got from their catcher position all season. Wilson Contreras alone <laughs> is a better offensive bet in 400 plate appearances, at least in terms of power, than 15 teams got from that position all season. You don't sell low on that. You sell really, really, really high. And if the return isn't high, you say no. You walk away. Yeah, I just, I, and, I, you know, everybody is so in the camp of wanting the Cubs to do something, which I, I'm there. Obviously, I started the podcast off a certain way. <laughs> but you, you got to think about the, the fact that these things take time. Obviously, we're waiting on the KB grievance. We need to know, you know, what this club's going to look like this year, next year, whatever, before you even, I, and as far as I'm concerned, like I kind of laughed when I read that this, this unnamed executive said that the asking prices for Chris Bryant and Wilson Contreras were outrageous. I'm like, there is no such thing. There is no such thing. I'm sorry. There, there just isn't. I mean, you have to expect that that's going to be the asking price. Otherwise you're not letting talent like that just walk. It's not going to happen, you know, and I really hope, and I don't know where we're at on this now, Obviously, I think the grievance will have a lot to do with it. Um, but, you know, why wouldn't they make a solid attempt, another solid attempt at, at extending him, at, at giving him a deal? Like, I understand the checkbook is an issue. I understand that. I understand there's a lot of money tied up in a lot of different contracts. But, you know, at least give it a college try. This guy is is uber talented. He's not somebody that I ever want to play against. Let's put it that way. Um you know, it just, you, you think for somebody like this, that's been what he's been to the franchise and how easy he is to root for and just all around how he feels like a really good guy, a good player, somebody you want representing your team. You gotta, you gotta give it, give it a go. You gotta give it a try. So hopefully we'll see what happens, but you know, it, it's just, it's one of those things that I just kind of chuckle because as far as I'm concerned, like I said, there is no such thing as having too large of an asking price for those two talents. Absolutely not. And and all the exact quote, I just pulled it up um, on Bryant is, quote, the Cubs asking price for Bryant is a joke. They want nearly ready major league talent at the level of a Glaber Torres type or close, and there is no chance a team is going to give them a package of those caliber of players. Look, people, Chris Bryant is one of the most valuable players in baseball, and he put up 4.8 war last year when he was hurt. So I'm just sort of, I'm just saying if you don't think he's worth Glaber Torres, we can talk at the trade deadline if the Cubs aren't in contention. Period. Done. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's frustrating. I know that we have to kind of kind of teeter on this right now because this is all we are working with. But at the same time, it's like, y'all don't even think about going anywhere with either of those two if we're not getting something eye popping. Like seriously. And for that matter, you know, Al had a piece up um, earlier on the Tuesday. I think we're recording on Tuesday. I think this is a piece from Tuesday. Uh, about what the Cubs' current 40-man roster looks like. And look, if you look at that, you're going to see some holes. I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that there are not some holes there. You're going to wonder about the fifth starting pitching spot. You're going to wonder about some of the bullpen bullpen spots. Probably going to wonder about a leadoff hitter, just like we've been doing for the last few years now, ever since our friend Dexter Fowler went to St. Louis to live closer to Andy. Um. But this is a good roster. This is a solid roster. And this is a roster that can compete. So I don't think it's crisis mode in on the north side of Chicago. And there is absolutely no reason to trade some of these key assets unless you get exactly the price that you want. If you can restock the farm system and get a major league ready player for one of those guys, do it. If you can't, See where you're at in June. Yep. 100%. Um, I highly recommend y'all check out Al's piece. We will retweet it from the Cup of Cubby Blue account. Uh, the next thing I want to kind of talk about here, actually, I'm going to I'm gonna jump down on our notes a little bit. Um, trade suitors for Arenado. Andy, you added this. Tell me what you're thinking about Nolan Arenado. So, okay. I've this has been popping up in the timeline for a couple, I want to say probably a good 10 days now, close to two weeks. I feel like maybe longer. Um, I've, I've kind of been a miss from Twitter lately, but um, not on purpose. So I read this the first time and I was like, Oh my gosh, like seriously, did Chicago just get legalized marijuana? Like people are crazy. Like this is not okay. (laughs) But then what, I was reading, like, I actually read into these articles, and and I guess now, today, there was a second report that came out that this is legitimate, like, that the Cubs and the St. Louis Cardinals are legitimate candidate, trade candidates for Arenado, which, okay, you know, I'm a headline reader, too, just as much as anybody else, but I knew on something like this, I needed to take a deep dive on this, and I read from two people that I respect very much articles that I was like, okay, I let, I, I ended both articles thinking if this happened, it would not be the worst thing in the world. Now, granted, there is a lot of moving parts. There are a lot of things that would have to fall into place and a lot of things that would have to severely go our way. And I just don't see it happening that way, but it is definitely something to think about. It's definitely something that people have been thinking about. And in this particular trade that I read and both folks that I read the articles from had suggested that this would would end up with KB restocking our farm system and giving us some good major league ready pitching talent and um, in a trade of some sort with another team and Arenado coming in at third base for us, being a great contact hitter that he is, he, you know, adds some much needed solid contact in our lineup and 
with all that being said, that would somehow move dollars to still end up with Nicholas Castellanos. So of course, when I read that, I was all on board. But the more I get to think about it, the more I'm like, the pieces that need to fall in place for this to happen, I just don't think will go that way. And also in this proposed trade deal would go our one and lovely, wonderful catcher that Sarah loves Wilson Contreras. So I don't know that it's something that can happen or will happen, but it's definitely not as outrageous as it sounds. So if you're somebody like me that's reading the headlines and not taking a deep dive into this scenario, I would definitely recommend reading these articles that you're seeing. Um, one was Bleacher Nation. Another was, um, what was it? Please hold. Uh, <laughs> Uh, totally Real Cubs like, Insider. So Evan yeah. and Brett basically are, are the two people I was speaking of that I respect greatly that they both wrote articles about the second report that came out. So I highly recommend going out there reading those. This is not one of those scenarios where I, when I first read it, I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> like it's Colorado and it's Chicago, now both legalized places. So <laughs> these people are crazy. I but mean, I it, it yeah. actually couldn't. <laughs> I don't know if I'd go crazy. They just might, their minds might be thinking more freely now. <laughs> I like the, I like how you put that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's a crazy, it's a crazy situation. If it were all to come together, it could definitely. And the other thing that it, it, it suggests is that this would help the Chicago Cubs in the, in, you know, the downfall after 2021, which, Nobody is really trying to think about right now, but that is going to be a concern because there's a lot of guys who come up on, in 2021. So the concern is there to, you know, what level our talent is going to be at after that year, who we can keep and who has to, you know, who we let walk or whatever else. So there, that would also address that issue as well. So just, just throwing it out there. I thought it was very interesting. And, and after I, I did the, the legwork and actually read the articles, I was actually pretty fascinated by it. So, yeah, I, I'm intrigued by this as well. I am not okay with any scenario for any of this that sends Wilson Contreras somewhere other than Chicago. I want Wilson Contreras to be a cub forever. Incidentally, I don't know if you've noticed, he's been tweeting more lately and tweeting about the Cubs again. So I feel better about this. <laughs> Twitter is like, look, the man, the man is like very transparent. <laughs> it's like he, window into his soul through his, through yeah. his social media feeds. I'm not saying that this doesn't mean he's not going to be traded, but it does feel like he feels more comfortable. <laughs> so I feel yeah. more comfortable. I, I love that he tweets like that and he very much wears his heart on his sleeve because um that just makes him a very genuine person and I, I already feel that way about him but I love that he does that too because you know we get to ride the emotion wave with him you know so it's kind of cool that way that he's he's so transparent <laughs> he's totally transparent um we need to actually take a quick break on the flip side, we have way more to talk about. We have a Red Sox sign-stealing scandal. We've got some marquee Comcast stuff to talk about. And we haven't even talked about CubsCon and Unconventional yet. So we will be back with a lot more on the flip side. But first, some words from our sponsor. Sponsor. 
And we're back. So the huge news for Tuesday was this very long, very well-researched piece from Ken Risenthal and Evan Drellich at The Athletic uh, looking at how the Red Sox stole signs during their 108-win season that ended in a World Series victory. And, I mean, first of all, Dodgers fans, I feel kind of bad for you. Did the Dodgers really lose two World Series back-to-back where the other team was cheating? <gasps> I didn't even think about that. I I wish I could say I felt bad for him, but I just don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm I'm completely soulless. I Listen, I am jaded by this offseason. That's why I have a heart of stone right now. But I <laughs> that's kind of, that's really kind of really sad. Like, that's Major League Baseball, man. Dodger fans, I'd be mad at Major League Baseball. <laughs> Look, and I'm not saying the like the Dodgers have some skeletons in their closet. Like I've written about some of the Gabe Kapler stuff, and like, look, I I am not trying to absolve the Dodgers here, but I I think the Dodgers lost back to back World Series where the other team <laughs> was stealing signs. Yikes! Yeah, that's, that's yikes. That's, yeah, that's that's cold hearted. That's cold hearted. Um, but even beyond that, I, I think it's interesting to sort of wonder what other shoes are going to drop here because the the article does not name any other teams. Actually, that's unfair. The article indicates that the Yankees also had been disciplined for a couple of um, similar uses of the video replay room in order to steal signs. But it doesn't name any other teams as having had such an extensive operation as the Red Sox. Um, it also noted that the Red Sox have a connection uh, with the Astros in terms of Alex Cora, who had been the bench coach for the Astros before he became the coach of the Red Sox. What is going on in Major League Baseball with sign stealing? And how are fans supposed to deal with that, Andy? I mean, I kind of feel like there's going to be a point in this whole sign stealing thing that every team is somehow or another accused of doing something. Um, and maybe not, maybe it's, j- there's just a couple that are known throughout the league that people were just kind of waiting to get busted. Um, you know, and they're, they're kind of, I feel like their teams um, or maybe not uh, that have been accused of, of similar things before of doing something before that was maybe not um not for in the rules you know I don't know it just to me it's it's one of those things can you imagine what it would feel like though if the next team that came out as stealing signs would be the Cubs I can tell you right now that I would I would be extremely shocked because if they stole signs it didn't help them any (laughs) like what 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 are how what how did that benefit us like well I don't so so two things there I have looked at two things here one of which I think is interesting one of which is just me being like, whatever. Um, the Cubs home road splits mystify me to this day. And I'm not accusing the Cubs of anything. I don't think they did anything. I think that's just a weird statistical anomaly. But if there were anything, I would imagine it would come out that there was something fundamentally different at home than on the road. Um because the 2019 Cubs home road splits are still just mind-blowing to me. Uh, the other thing here, which is slightly less serious, but still very important, 
all of this sign stealing nonsense is the reason we no longer have a dancing bullpen. And that just sucks because that was one of the greatest joys of watching Cubs games was seeing the bullpen dance after a home run. And they can't do it anymore because all of their cameras are on a delay because they are they were worried that the bullpens were relaying signs to the dugouts. And so the reason we no longer have a dancing bullpen is because of all the shenanigans that the Red Sox and Astros, at least, have been accused of. And you know what? A pox on both of your houses for that because the dancing bullpen was good. I forgot about that. Jeez. I mean, we go without baseball for a couple of months and it's like my memory is just gone. That that makes me really sad. The dancing bullpen was such a cool thing and it was so fun and it brought joy to everyone. And who doesn't love watching grown men make absolute fools of themselves to celebrate a home run? Like that is just, I don't know, that, that, that bothers me. When it starts taking things like that out of the game, that's a problem. That's right. fun. Like this game doesn't have to be so serious. Baseball players don't take, I mean, some of them do, but for the most part, don't try to take themselves so serious. They know that they are allowed to have fun in different areas of the game. And that was one that I thought people across the board didn't have that much issue with you know what I mean like you didn't hear a lot of other teams talking about oh my gosh the Cubs do that stupid bullpen thing well I did because I live in St. Louis and they're just gonna hate anything we do but I mean you know I didn't feel like there was that big of a problem with it so when you whatever have- St. Louis hates everything yeah, that's they also I mean. hated that's Wilson yeah. Contreras's arm sleeves they probably hate Ben Zobris for striking out Yadi Molina they're the only people in the universe who have anger about everything well, what's funny about the Wilson Contreras thing that they hated his sleeves, his Venezuela sleeves, is that um, uh, Marcelo Zuna was wearing basically the same color of sleeves, and they didn't have a problem with that. Like, they didn't have the Venezuela flag on it, but it was like right. the same bright yellow color. So anyways, but just, you know, to me, it's just sad when you start losing parts of the game like that, because we have people that can't be honest in the game and are doing stuff the wrong way to try and you know one up the next team it just to me and these teams too. listen to the teams we're talking about that are having all the issues are teams that have bought the league's best talent these are teams that have brought in the best in the game and they still feel like they have to do something else to be better than their opponent it's just it's really sad and it, it you know it it takes away from the fun all around of the game of baseball Indeed. And speaking of fun in the game of baseball, I think we can all agree that baseball is more fun when you can watch it. What is going on with Marquee and Comcast, Andy? Well, our friend Al did a really good write-up on this today about how Marquee has not struck up a deal yet with Comcast in the Chicagoland area. And I know this is an issue for many of the folks listening to this podcast. It is not an issue for me. Um, <laughs> obviously, I'm out of the market. Andy can so- watch the Cubs, y'all. I don't know. (laughs) Sorry. Um, I don't know that I'm going to get marquee here. I don't know how I'm going to watch baseball. I'm guessing it'll still be on MLB TV, which is fine. Um, But it just, it seems to me like some of the comparisons that Al made was to the yes network for the Yankees, which that has been a complete issue. And if you feel, if you want to feel a lot better about our situation, go research the LA Dodgers network, because that seems like an absolute nightmare. Um, I mean, they don't even, can you imagine not having every single game of the Chicago Cubs available on your TV? Can you imagine that? 
like it's just unfathomable to me that that's even something that happens to to major markets like LA. Um, it's just crazy. So hopefully something is resolved quickly. You know, we're looking at opening day is what six weeks away. No, approximately, yeah, yeah, about six weeks from Saturday or Sunday, Sunday. Um, so not really a ton of time here, people. So we need to cross our fingers and hope that for our friends in the Chicagoland area that Marquee and Comcast become friends very quickly. Well, I, I actually want to add another one here. I mean, they don't have a deal with RCN yet, to my knowledge, either. And as a person who lives in a building that only lets you get RCN, I am like nervous on my couch like clicking refresh every you know every day I'm like marquee network arts RCN what's going on there I you know I applaud marquee for getting a few deals done they got an AT&T deal done um it looks like they've got quite a few deals done um in the Indiana and Iowa area and then some of the like auxiliary areas but it is going to be a huge problem if the marquee network is not available <laughs> On RCN and Comcast, which are two of the largest providers in Chicago. Yeah, I mean, I just, I don't think that they probably saw this coming when they thought that this marquee network was such a great idea. Um, another another thing about this that I find a little disturbing, um, as somebody that's watched Cubs baseball my entire life, but so, uh, as somebody that appreciates talent on these games, um, I have kind of read and seen now, I hope this has changed or I hope it will change that Kelly Krull will not be asked to join Marquee Network. Um, I, I had not heard that. Where did you see that? That was, that came up. Let me look. Um, who had it? I want to say it was Danny, but maybe not. Somebody had it on the timeline. Um, as of right now, she's not being asked back. I know there was a couple things with, she had been working for the bulls also. And now, um, Layla Rahimi is working for the bulls. So I guess Kelly, I think herself tweeted out that she is actually was looking for jobs in other markets. So, um, this is really a bummer. Like Kelly is a very, very strong professional, um, has, you know, definitely come together with the team and has great relationships. And she has provided a ton of fantastic interviews in game, after the game, all over the place. I've met her a couple of times personally. Um, she's really great talent. So I hope that they figure out a way to bring her back and, and really make her one of the mainstays because she was just such a bright spot for, for um, NBC and, and all the work that she'd done with the Cubs. I just really would love to see her back. So Marquee needs to get their stuff in gear because I kind of feel like for this thing rolling out next month, they are way behind schedule. Yeah, for sure. I am. Um, so I'm going to have to do some research on this Kelly Kroll thing. I had not heard that. I had actually heard that there were quite that, that she was like not signed yet, but was on board. So I'm but not I hadn't read that anywhere. It was like just a, you know, person I was having a conversation with. I'm hoping that's true. I think she's awesome and I would love to see her back with the Cubs. So uh, look, people, get it done. Get Kelly back. Get some deals with RCN and Comcast, please, so that I don't have to panic about the idea of whether or not I can watch Cubs games at my house. <laughs> please. <laughs> I cannot Seriously. deal with the stress, Chicago. Uh, okay, let's move on to some slightly different news. 
Andy, CubsCon is less than two weeks away. I am so excited. <laughs> Me too. I'm like, I, well, I, I have another, I have a huge work event this weekend, so I have to get through that and then I can focus on CubsCon, but I like, I feel like I've kind of forgotten about it on purpose so that it comes faster. And now, holy crap, it's a week from Thursday. Like I'm coming to you a week from Thursday. Like that's craziness. I just, I cannot wait. Yeah. We're basically having a slumber party at my apartment. It's going to be great. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's going to be so fun. Um, but in addition to us hanging out and we will be at CubsCon, uh, watching all the sessions, chit-chatting with people. If you see us, come say hi. Um, we are also really excited that some friends of the show from Ivy Envy and the Sun Ranto show have something coming up called Unconventional, which whether you have tickets to CubsCon or not, you are absolutely invited to join us at the G-Man Tavern on Saturday night. We have a bunch of cool things going on. Danny and I actually talked about this earlier this week, so we'll end the show talking about Unconventional, but that will include, in addition to some live music, a live podcast and Andy and I will both be there, which I'm really excited about. So I'm really excited that friend of the show, Danny Rocket has stopped by. He is here to tell us about Unconventional, which is a really great party he hosts every year in connection with CubsCon. And if you're a listener of Cup of Cubby Blue, you are absolutely invited to come hang out. Danny, what's going on with Unconventional? Oh, well, you know, it's been really hard to put this party together with the flurry of off-season Cubs news that's been going on. <laughs> I've just been so busy, just, you know, emergency podcast after emergency podcast on the Sun Ranto show of all the big, well, um, injured relievers that we picked up. No, but um, no, we're, this is a Cubs fan party that I've been throwing with uh, IV Envy and Club 400 and you know, bleed cubby blue. And, you know, now this year, cup of cubby blues, like really it's, it's not like sponsored by me. It's just a big get together of all the freaks that write and sing and dance about the Cubs. And, um, and we invite everybody to it and we do it during Cubs convention because not everybody wants to go to Cubs convention and not everybody wants to play bingo that does go to Cubs convention. So you come up to G man tavern, and uh, you listen to some rock and roll, and we do a lot of fun, um, fun of, like, I don't know, games and prizes and grapples, and, you know, it's a good time. But uh, I can go into detail about that if you'd like. Yeah, I do want to in a second. So I just want to make sure people know what part of Cubs Convention we're talking about here. So if you haven't been to Cubs Convention before, Friday night they do, like, the whole – um, the players come out and they introduce all the managers and Ryan Dempster usually does something. <laughs> um, he's got a kind late of, night talk show. That's, yeah. Uh... It's like the big room, like introduce all the people thing. And then Saturday, pretty much all day. It is back to back, um, different conversations with a few groups of players. They usually have a pitchers panel, they usually do a Q&A with the business side of things. The front office will say some things. Sometimes the Ricketts talk. They didn't last year. We'll find out if they do this year. Um, uh, but yeah, don't, don't put money on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but at the end of that day, at the end of Saturday, the last thing that's usually on the Cubs convention agenda downtown is bingo. And some of us are not bingo players. <laughs> Raising my hand it's over fun. here. It's what was that? Fun. 
it's really fun to play bingo, but sometimes you want something else to do. And, you know, not everybody's even going to Cubs convention and it has 125 bucks to spend. And I find right. it to be unjust that on Cubs convention weekend, the only thing there is to do is pay $125 to go sit in a sweaty ballroom and play bingo with, I don't know, 5,000 people. I don't know how many people come to this thing. But um, so we just, this is the alternative party and it's the cool kid party. What can I say? I mean, I throw it with IVNV, which is uh, Corey Finneran and Andrew Rounds, uh, along with Kurt. They do the IVNV podcast and they put together a little band with Corey's wife, Tawny, called Date Night. Yes, they're called Date Night because uh, Tawny and Corey realized that they really only got to... They have a couple kids, you know, so they really only got to hang out when they decided to put this band together. So now it's their date night. <laughs> so they're, so they're going to play at uh, – the doors are at 630. Um, they're going to play around 7. We're going to do a live podcast, which so far I've called it the Rant Around Table, which is a pretty good name, I guess. Um, and uh, that's going to be around 8 p.m. And it's featuring Sarah Sanchez <laughs> from the Cup of Cubby Blue podcast which you're listening to right now. And also Andy Cruz is getting Yeah, Andy Cruz Vanasek will be here as well. This Double Trouble live podcast. So (laughs) you can hear me and Andy live. Our live banter. (laughs) Yeah, come see it live. And I'm going to put you on opposite sides because if if at some point, like, things kick off between you guys, I need to put some people between you. (laughs) Yeah, we're pretty, pretty, you know, we're hard hard to contain. Oh, I know. So I <laughs> um, uh, got uh, a comedian named Joe Kilgallen. He's coming on. Oh, Joe's great. I love that. Yeah. And I'm working on a couple other people. Uh, you know, Corey will be involved from IBNV. I'll be there. Anyway, it's uh, always a good time to talk Cubs in the middle of winter. Which is right. What we're doing so right there are two options here. If you're going to CubsCon, you just do this instead of bingo because hanging out at the G-Man with all of us, the live podcast, the bands – the drinking, the rock and roll is better. Or yeah. if you're not going to CubsCon, you still just come hang out with us at the G-Man. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it basically all it's a win-win coming to hang out at the G-Man Tavern. And, <laughs> and, and I should tell everybody where it is. It's just two blocks north of Wrigley Field on uh, Clark. I should look up the exact address. Um, well, G-Man. while you're doing that, let me ask you, is there a cover or anything for this? People can just come hang out? Well, uh, first I'll tell you what's going on at 9 o'clock, which is the, the Bleacher Bum Band, which is my band, is going to play some of my Cubs songs. And uh, we're trying to raise money because uh, we're making a, an album. We've already started the album, but, you know, we got to pay for studio space and we got to pay for uh, – well, even we have to pay the G-Man Tavern uh, just for having our event there that night. So we're trying to raise money to finish this record. And um, – so, yeah, it's kind of suggested donation. Like, there's no door person, but we're going to have a bucket there. We're hoping people throw, I don't know, 20 bucks in there to, so we can pay for ourselves and for uh, the G-Man Tavern makes a little bit of money. Um, also, there are, will be some drink specials as well. Maplewood Brewery, who has kind of sponsored the night in the past, helped pay the sound person. Um, anyway, they, they should have uh, some cheap beer there. Not cheap, but good quality beer. At a discount. Yeah, their beer is outstanding. Um, um, I was and, just... Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, that was awkward no, on my gonna... part. I was just going to say, uh, one of the things I like about the G-Man is it really does have a pretty solid beer menu. 
and representing some of the local uh, craft brewers and some regional ones, um, if I recall correctly. So it's a it's a nice place to hang out and grab a drink with some of your favorite Cubs bloggers, podcasters, and friends. Yeah, and they got a, we got the whole back room in the back all to ourselves. So that's really cool. And uh, we're also going to be doing a white elephant gift exchange. <laughs> and uh, so what that ex- entails is if you have any kind of like, you know, here's an example. I was just in my mom's basement cleaning some stuff out. And I found from the probably late 80s a Damon Barry Hill autograph photograph uh, from when I was a kid. He, I remember meeting him at a card show or something, and he, he autographed this thing for me because I love catchers, always loved catchers. So, um, so anyway, that's an idea of a, like a white elephant gift that you wrap up, make it look crazy, make it look better than a Damon Barry Hill autograph thing, wrap it up, and then one by one, we all go through and we get some, uh, somebody else's, uh, well, garbage, <laughs> really. I mean, but, but it's a lot of fun to see what everybody has and what they've collected. And uh, unfortunately, I usually end up cleaning up most of it every year, but people exchange things that they would like and stuff. It's a good thing. And it kind of keeps the Christmas season going a little bit uh, longer. Also, I've got a Pedro Stroke bobblehead to raffle off. So we're going to be doing a little raffle too. In fact, I'll, even if you, uh, Throw money in the bucket. I'll, I'll give you a raffle ticket. You know what I mean? Yeah, way, that's awesome. But it's it's a lot of fun. It's just a big party, and we make a little thing out of it. We make it more than just a party. Uh, got music, and we got Cubs talk, and uh, you know, and white elephant gift gift exchanges. It's a it's a blast. It sounds like a blast. And so, if you are going to be in Chicago on this is the night of January eighteenth. Am I right about that? That is correct. Saturday, January 18th, come check out. Doors at 6.30. Come check out Unconventional at the G-Man, just north of Wrigley. Um, You will not regret it. It will be a fun time. The live podcasts are always a good time. I've done a couple of these with Danny and the crew from IVNV now. They're always a blast. Um, Andy and I will be there. You'll be able to meet some of your favorite Cubs bloggers and podcasters. And honestly, just talk about the Cubs and over a few beers. Maybe the Cubs will have done something by then and we can talk about that. <laughs> don't, don't hold your breath. But either way, we're going to have a good time. Well, I did notice Maybe that we'll- we're recording on Chris Bryan's birthday and he's still a Cub. So <laughs> happy yeah, birthday, Chris. That's, You're still that's, a Cub. That's given me some semblance of hope. But <laughs> uh, either way, win or lose, good or bad, we're Cubs fans. We stick together. We party. We hang out. Um, and I, I hope to see you all there. It's going to be a blast. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, Danny. Thanks for having me on. And I can't wait to party with you, Sarah. I will see you next week or two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks from two weeks. Yay. I like can't even wrap my head around the fact that I'm going to be at CubsCon. And then to do the unconventional is just so exciting. And going to be pack loaded with all of your favorite podcasters and to like be able to sit with them and do that I'm just yeah it it like it makes my heart skip a beat could not agree more about unconventional but we are looking forward to hearing from you before CubsCon if you're at CubsCon or at unconventional please like I said come say hi to me come say hi to Andy you can find us at 
BCB Sarah or BRYZ underscore blue. And you can find both of us at Cup of Cubby Blue. And we look forward to chatting with you next week. Bye.